Welcome to episode 45 of Kyperion Commentary. I'm your host, Yuri Brito, and I'm here at the office at Church of the Redeemer in Monroe, Louisiana, with my friend Bill Smith, who has also contributed to Kyperion Commentary. Bill, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How is your uh, brain cells after these lectures on the Trinity? Moving rapidly. Moving rapidly, yes. Very good. We've had a really productive time here in Monroe, Monroe Louisiana with um, Alistair Roberts, Peter Lightheart, and Jeff Meyer. It's been very uh, encouraging lectures. But I want to talk about something very different. Bill, you wrote an article recently for Theopolis, which we'll publish at Kyperion, and you focus primarily on the role of uh, physical development, working out, the, the kind of uh, energy we need as human beings to succeed in our fields. And since you're a pastor, this is a very appropriate conversation because it appears to me that pastors don't have a reputation for being physically fit. Um, tell us a little bit that you wrote in the article, your experience, your personal experience about how you came to view the necessity of caring for the body. Sure. What, what triggered that? Sure. Uh, back in the late 90s, uh, after seminary and a few years of pastoring, I had let myself go physically, mm-hmm. gained a lot of weight, and, um, and also rationalized it. Yeah. I was, uh, the body didn't mean that much. I didn't, uh, I didn't take a high view of the body. Uh, it, it had to do with a biblical worldview at that time and uh, material versus spiritual type things. Uh, and so, uh, I, but I, my views began to shift and I was taking our church through a series on the Ten Words, or the Ten Commandments, and I was reading uh, always the uplifting Thomas Watson, <laughs> the Puritan, <laughs> yes. on the ten, ten Commandments. And I got to the sixth word, and he said something there that, that really stuck with me, and it has stuck with me since then, and that is uh, that some men dig their graves with their teeth, and which is a slow self-murder. It's a slow suicide. Right. And I was very convicted at that point. I was, I was about 265 pounds on a six-foot-one frame, not muscle at that, yeah. at that time. And so I began thinking about what I needed to do and uh, began to understand the, uh, the necessity of cultivating the body. And that, that's grown over the years because my views of the body have developed and understanding that God created us as bodies, not just bodies, but he did create us as bodies. And so uh, understanding that the first part of our dominion in the world is to take dominion over our own bodies. And so that means cultivating the body. Uh, And it's not just a matter of the ideas that come into my head or all that's a part, but it's not just that. It's not merely that. And that we have to we have to cultivate our physical bodies, um, just like the soil has to be cultivated because we are created from the soil, and and so we as Solomon does in Proverbs draws all these deep metaphors from the animal world, from um, from the horticultural horticultural world um, that we learn about ourselves from all of these different uh, aspects of creation. We go to the ant to learn diligence. Right. We, go, we go to the soil to learn that our body needs to be 
um, cultivated in the sense that uh, you have to plow up a, a, a ground. Right. You have to break it. Before technology crept into the life of civilization in the Garden of Eden, God said, Adam, work. Yes, yes, you have to work. And so you, you and, and in our in our day and age, where we have become a lot more sedentary because of um, the blessings of technology. The, um, and as pastors, a lot of times, whether we're sitting and studying or we are counseling or, or um, whatever, you know, most of our pastoral duties don't involve manual physical labor, labor physical right, labor. Right. Yeah. And so there has to be something. Our bodies were made to work. Our, and the kind of energy that... Um, comes forth in the emotional exhaustion of pastoral ministry. Yes. Seems that um, if one is not physically capable of hand, handling that emotional exhaustion, you will, there is, as you mentioned, there, there is a slow suicide taking place. Yes, there is. And, 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 and we have to be, we, ha, we have to take that time. And pastors have a problem with this. I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have the same kind of problems, but I know pastors have the problem with, with this because we tend to think, you know, that, that selfishness, taking time to exercise when I could be doing something else is selfishness. But it's, uh, I think that, has, that paradigm has to be turned around because um, it's really, if I'm not taking care of myself, though, though exercise is not the panacea, it's not, it can't become an idol, um, and it's not, it, it's, it's not going to be the answer to everything. And if you exercise... Uh, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be healthy. You're not going to have a heart attack, but it certainly reduces those risks. You're doing everything you can, and uh, you're working. You're actually working for your people. You're working for your family when you're doing these things, because you're looking toward not putting burdens on them in the future with your physical health. And so you have to be thinking long term. And not just immediate. Uh, so we, 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 faith is always <laughs> eschatological thinking. Uh, we're thinking about how our future shapes our present, and we and we have to think that way when we think about our uh, when when we think about our our physical bodies as well as doing everything we can in order to relieve any kind of burdens off of our family. Right, we're we're prolonging. Productivity, yes, for our family, for our churches. My friend uh, George Grant, when he comes to Pensacola to uh, run marathons, he always says, "People ask him, why do you run so much?" He says, "I run to be a better pastor." Exactly. That's, I think that's a very uh, genuine approach to that, that question. If you're going to pastor, and both of us have been doing this for a while now, we know the the mighty exhaustive cases that can come at any second. Right, and if we're not physically prepared to handle those emotional and mental demands, we'll crush very quickly. Exactly, and that, and the physical activity, and that that's the other you you mentioned. The physical activity helps your your mental capacity. That's exactly it, right. Uh, your emotional capacity. Mm -hmm. All sorts of things they work together. You as an embodied creature, uh, your whole your whole body is working as one. And uh, and not to not to relieve that stress uh, long ago, and I think I mentioned it in the article. Um, and long ago, I had a, a professor in my uh, in my college days who told me, uh, and, and I was 
I was telling him no need for exercise, all those. And he said, Bill, there's a certain amount of stress that if you don't burn up, it will burn you up. Wow, very and, interesting. Uh, and he was an old pastor. He'd been pastoring for many, many years. And, uh, and I came to understand that through the years, that uh, the stress uh, affects you, just like envy rottens, uh, is, is rottenness to the bones. Uh, the stress can start tearing you down physically, and you're not going to be able to minister on the long term if, if you're not taking care of yourself. The kind of uh, situation we see in our day with the general pastoral average of, in the church for 3.6 years, for example, I, I would venture to say, I would speculate that much of that is the pastor's inability to handle certain situations and his um, lack of physical preparation to handle the daily stress of the pastoral ministry. So if you are if you're handled with a, a couple of things, you know, for in some cases, pastors are in blood pressure medication right. due to circumstances. If they're not capable of handling certain conflicts in the church, I, I would venture to say that they would be more capable of enduring yeah. conflicts in the church if they were well equipped mentally and physically to, you know. Yes, and it, and it and it, it helps in those situations. And I I want to be careful here because I also understand and and people who might be listening to this. Uh, Say well, I've got some genetic dispositions right. toward high blood pressure and exactly. things like that, and that's those things are the cases, or high cholesterol even, or blockages. Uh, we know a Virgil, Virgil yeah. Hurt, who's exactly. a, a runner, but yet had a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, a presiding minister, for those who are listening, yes. who's yeah. been running marathons for a long time, had a heart attack recently. Yeah, and it blockages, and you know, so those things it, it, again, it's not the panacea, but uh, you you need to be doing what you can to help you handle these stresses. And because a Christian worldview provides a robust view of the human body, absolutely, the, the Christian worldview is inherently anti-gnostic, right, right. It, um, yeah. Bill, one of the uh, interesting, um, um, one of the things that has changed my mind over the years is just, um, apart from being prepared to handle the daily stresses of, of pastoral ministry, is the fact that when I get home, I want to be able to offer something else to my family beyond just the exhausted version of myself. Right. How, how has physical exercise sort of helped you, not only your pastor, but bringing a healthy version of yourself uh, to your bride and to your many children? <laughs> Well, I, I, I guess my wife would be the one. That, yes, that Susan. That. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would be. I would be totally exhausted all the time. I uh, asked that question, by the way, because um, I've met your your boys, your your, and you actually work out with them, right? Yes. Tell me about it. That sounds fantastic. I have four boys. I look forward to doing that kind of work. Has that built kind of a greater bond? Absolutely. Yeah. We. It's it kind of started out like this. We were homeschooling all yeah. all of our children. And physical education has to be a part of that. Um, again, whole body, not just not just the ideas of school, but the physical education is a part of that. And so we tried a number of things. And I, of course, I have four boys and two girls, and uh, we we wanted to get them involved in some kind of sports, um, but those were only seasonal. And then it was it, the sports with four boys is taxing on the family's time as well. Um, I'm a huge sports fan, so it's not it's not like I was saying you know they can't play sports. Right, right. Just trying to find something that we could do together, and we started we started weightlifting together. And yes, it did it bring it 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 brought us together. Um, but it also it also helped them and got them on a track. Uh, my oldest son, Nathan, he 
it, it, he, it captured him so much, he took the track toward um, an exercise science major in college, which led him to being a doctor of physical therapy mm-hmm. now. And uh, my second son, he's gotten into powerlifting. Um, uh, my third son staying in good shape. My fourth son is really now getting into uh, the weightlifting. And um, it, is, it is a time of teaching. It's also just spending time with them uh, lifting weights uh, is uh, father-son time mm-hmm. where you can talk about a number of things. Of course, sometimes we, we did it in a, a public gym, but back and forth from the gym. Um, and so it accomplished a number of things. So for pastors and parishioners who think, well, I can't work. I don't have the time to do that. It'll take away from my family time. Well, there's nothing right. better than in, in investing your family by doing these things together. I mean, you're, right. you're accomplishing several goals at the same time. Exactly. Trying to be, a, in a good American fashion, trying to be efficient. That's right. <laughs> trying try, try to be efficient. I, uh, <clears throat> this is a, a very important conversation, I think, for because our people, our flock, deserve a minister who is prepared to handle chaos yeah. And also prepared to minister to them in times of crises, right? I right. mean, we, um, it's not just the president of the United States that has a, a three o'clock call. It's the pastors who have to go to the emergency rooms at early in the morning. Um, the, the conversation over the years has taken the pastoral job mainly to the, and I don't know what kind of influences you can place, but the pastoral trajectory has been to the classroom, to the office, and sometimes it's even a noble virtue for a pastor to be one who spends all his hours in his office reading and doing that. But when you realize, and I I don't know if you have the same experience, but I've had some wonderful pastoral moments in the gym. Oh, absolutely. Working out. Have you had experiences like that before? Absolutely. When when I worked out in in public gyms, when we we lived in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, um, there were, we developed friendships uh, in the gym, which I, which is interesting because you start seeing people work out, you ask questions, uh, what are you doing and things like, uh, you know, uh, finding out workout routines, how to do things better, all those things. But it, it also provided some opportunities to talk to people about Christ to um, uh, when they found out I was a pastor, people would ask for some count. People would ask, ask for counsel. Um, we uh, there was there was a, a worker at the gym that was uh, lonely. We have we invited him over for uh, meals. Uh, so it prov- it provided a number of different things. Public gyms can can do that. Of course, now my gym isn't public. It, it's um, um, uh, it's in my garage <laughs> now. But uh, uh, I have invited men from the church to come work out. It's a uh, it's a great opportunity to get to know people. Uh, when you're when you're spotting someone under a barbell, he's uh, <laughs> it's he, severe trust. Yeah, that's right. And he's also uh, he's also willing to tell you the truth at that point. And we we have seen you mentioned this briefly, but we have seen the idolatry of the body. I mean, yes. you mentioned this in your article that there it's it's a multi million dollar yes. industry out there, yeah. not only for the things you wear, but the diets that are provided. Right. So I, I do think that uh, that a Christian view does bring people to acknowledge the body as sacred in the sight of right. God, an instrument of the Spirit, the body is the temple of the Holy right. Spirit, but also realize that the body has its limitations and that we don't work our bodies for the sake of our bodies, but we work our bodies so we're more fit to serve the people of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And idolatry, idolatry places things like exercise 
as the thing from which I'm, I'm going to derive life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is my identity. Uh, this is who I am. And so that if in the future I can't work out, I can't exercise, then I've lost my identity. Uh, now, as you get older, as, I'm, as I am, and learning that you can't do the things that you were doing, right. um, you, you, have, you, you have to come to the realization that this isn't life. You're going to change those things like that. But that, that has come, the, 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 the body as an idol has, yeah. has, has, is prevalent in our society. I mean, you've probably seen people in the gym for two plus hours. Oh yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, um, <clears throat> and sometimes, and, and I think we, we have to be careful of that, that it's, it is okay to want to look better, um, to present yourself well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in fact, it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing in a lot of ways. When I was 265 pounds, you know, looking like Eglon, uh, uh, you know, that, that immediately tells somebody, um, at least it it gives the perception that this guy has no self-control. Um, and, and how is he going to sit there and tell me exactly uh, how to control my appetites Mm -hmm. when he can't control his? Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, and so there, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to present yourself in in a certain way, but we can't understand that this is this is our entire identity mm-hmm. um, that our life is not exercise our life is not exercise and I've seen people like that in the gym and it corresponded with them and they they dig into it so much they start taking uh, amazing amounts of supplements and and shooting up things and mm-hmm. trying to get stronger and, right. and build the body and 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 interestingly just like with all idolatry um, a lot of bodybuilders, for instance, destroy their bodies mm-hmm, exactly. um, through all of these things. And so um, when we idolize it's the body... It's a classic that, case of using a gift from God and abusing that gift. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think you have to, you have to keep a, a, a good biblical view of everything so that if, for instance, uh, I hate to put it in such drastic terms, if you lose an arm, mm-hmm. that your life is not destroyed because you can't bench press anymore mm-hmm. um very good yeah so i you 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 uh your identity is wrapped up in that yes and, and it can't destroy you like that and it, not to say it wouldn't be hard if you're if you're in that habit of doing these things but uh you cannot idolize it mm-hmm. you cannot idolize the body or the exercise right Bill, there, there are some pastors or even some parishioners asking boy that sounds i'm so grateful for the encouragement you've given me um but I just don't have the time. I don't know where to start. I don't want to make you an ex- exercise expert. But how would you begin this conversation with somebody who says, "Okay, Pastor, I've heard your message. I've seen your lifestyle. You live a, a you in, by the grace of God to try to live a, a healthy life has been an encouragement to yeah. me. Where where do I begin?" Oh, uh, good. That's that. Uh, start slowly. Start slowly. Yeah. Don't don't despise the day of small beginnings. <laughs> um, and, and recently, I don't, don't li- despise the days of five pound lifting. Exactly, and, and um, there are uh, there are books out there that can help. Um, Our friend Mark Horn, yes, Hyperion writer, has a lot. Yeah, of- a barbell prescription is a good one mm-hmm. for lifters over forty. I'm a lifter. I'm not a runner. George Grant could probably help you with mm-hmm, the running. Mm-hmm. I I despise running, I, so <laughs> I do something else. <laughs> and that's the thing too. Our bodies are built differently, and and 
uh, respond to different types of exercise better. And so we have to take that into account. It's kind of know thyself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have to take that into account where I'm not, I'm not going to be uh, somebody who dunks a basketball. <laughs> right. uh, that's just, that's my body's not made for that. Uh, my body is made and the best thing I've found is, is lifting weights. I, I'm not a runner. Um, but you, your body type might be uh, best suited for running. However, you can both of both body types or all body types can do certain things in each area. Like you need you need anaerobic exercise, short bursts of thing, you know, short bursts of uh, of exertion, and you need aerobic exercise. Mm-hmm. Th- those that help your uh, your endurance. Right. Uh, but you start small. Uh, I just recently read a book or listened to a book called Atomic Habits. Mm. And uh, it's not written from a Christian perspective. It's it's more behavioralism, uh, but he's talking. He talks in there about uh, developing habits, and it fits right in with this. And he, this guy was a baseball player who his he he thought at first his baseball career might be ended because he got hit in the face with a bat, wow. and uh, at, at full power. And uh, but. He went through and, and he started developing habits to get back into um, good physical condition um, and then every other way. But he talks about not despising the 1% changes. Mm, mm, very um, start slowly. You Don't go to the gym and look at the guy who's, uh, who's squatting 500 pounds, right. who's bench pressing 400 pounds, and say, okay, well, I'm going to just jump in and do that. Mm-hmm. Or the guy who's running marathons. Mm-hmm. Um, and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to run 13 miles tomorrow. Mm. Well, you don't, you just don't do that. You start, you start slow, uh, and then you begin to build. And but you have to build the habit. You have to build the habit. This is how. Ha- this is who, in some ways, uh, you have to decide: is, is what do I want to do? What who do I want to become as a as a, as a person who's healthy, who's um, in so, in some sense physically fit. And, um, and so how do I get there? And you begin slowly, whether it's small weight, five pound dumbbells, um, asking, asking people, there's a lot of information online. You got to be careful about that because everybody seems to be an expert online. Right. Right. Uh, there, uh, YMCA's have personal trainers that Mm -hmm. can help. Um, but start, start slow, start small and, don't expect results immediately. Immediately, yeah. Um, yeah. Be in it for the long term. Yeah. yeah. Um, make sure your goals are reasonable, and that um, and that you're becoming uh, the person that's going to have this as a habit for life, mm. and not just well six months when I've reached the goal that I've lost twenty pounds. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you. It, this is this is a lifetime uh, discipline. Mm. Well, I hope uh, pastors are listening, even parishioners also can apply this too, but pastors in particular can take uh, encouragement from this, this conversation. Bill, just as a, as a final note uh, and a humorous note, you told me some time ago that uh, since you're all your boys work out, how many, about how many eggs do you think they consume for breakfast? <laughs> um, not as many as they want, <laughs> but about half a dozen eggs. About half a dozen eggs. For breakfast. For breakfast. Yes. Um, and they eat a lot of meat and our grocery bill has definitely gone up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
that's kind of literally the price you pay <laughs> for that. Yeah. But it's it's good to see them healthy. Yeah. And it's good to see them uh, continuing this because this has become a part of their lives. Yeah. Um, but they do eat a lot. <laughs> As good kings should. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Bill Smith is the senior pastor of Cornerstone Reformed Church in Carbondale, Illinois, and you can check his article at kyperion.com. Bill, thanks, man. It's my pleasure.